It's all who you know. How many times have you heard that? And many times it is true for many reasons. One, cost a lot of money, time, and energy to interview people for whatever you're looking for. And if somebody gives them a high recommendation, they're going right to the top because you trust them. Also, people want to do business with people they like. We all do. It makes it much more joyful and fun. For example, my next guest, who I waited months to get on, was referred to me by my friend, shout out to Sue B, who said she is amazing. And I was like, wow, then I will wait months to have her on. And she was amazing. Not only because she was so skilled at teaching you how to connect in a genuine way and form lasting relationships, but from every ounce of her being, I felt she was the real deal. My Let's Keep It Real people, you are in for a real treat no matter where you are at making connections whether it's really starting at the bottom or you just want to up level, my next guest, you're going to want to share this podcast with everyone. And as always, people, I really, really appreciate all you do for me. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Okay, I get it. I've been driving you nuts. Do you know how long I've waited for Michelle to come on? But this is, before she even, ugh. This is so near and dear to my heart because you know my let's keep it real people, how much I love like, what? How how did I get this far and not know this? And the more I researched, holler out to my friend Sue B about Michelle Tillis Letterman, I was like, I got to know this woman. I got to know it. Let me tell you just a teeny bit about her. One of Forbes top 25 networking experts. Not that we need that. An MG100 coach is the author of four books, including the internationally known The 11 Laws of Likeability. And her latest, I have it on audio, I'm getting the paperback, The Connector's Advantage. Michelle is a connection creator and CEO of Executive Essentials, which provides customized communications and leadership programs for Fortune 500, nonprofit, university, and government clients a former finance executive, of course, and NYU professor, Michelle, is a regular in the media appearing on NBC, CBS, Fox, NPR, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNBC, and others. Uh, Michelle is known for helping people work better together and advance their individual impact. Oh my God, Michelle, I just want to come to Jersey and hug you to pieces. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm happy to be here. And the funny thing is, you know, I get a lot of the emails of being on my show and and I go in phases of if I have the time or not, but it was your email and how you showed up in that email and what you shared of yourself that made me say, I can't say no to this woman. I didn't even know what that was. So see, before I get into that, Michelle, what's your word? I ask every guest. 
for the past 30 days, if you could come up with one word to best describe your past 30 days, what would be the word and why? You know, the funny thing is, the first word that came to my mind, I don't know if it has anything to do with the last 30 days, but I guess two words came to my mind. So I'm cheating already. The first word that came to my mind is teacher, because I think that is who I've always been at my core. And however it comes out, whether it is with my kids, with my clients, um, I've actually gotten to facilitate a bunch of workshops in January. So um, that teacher zone has been reignited with, you know, not being in front of a room for a while with COVID. Um, And the other one is Explorer because, you know, we finally got to take our sojourn to Israel in the end of December. And, you know, that was supposed to be 2020. Um, And it was truly an educational, immersive, um, spiritual, like, experience where my son finally had uh, the opportunity to read from the Torah in a 2,000-year-old synagogue rather than reading from a one I got on Amazon uh, on Zoom for his bar mitzvah. So, um, So those were the two words that came to mind. I want to have a whole other podcast about Israel. I mean... My heart, I was getting oh, pounds and tingles just thinking of him being there and being able to hold that. Oh, yeah. That must have been amazing. It was amazing. incredible. Still on a high. All right. So we're going to dive into the question that I got over and over again. We're going to do them in order, the top three. I okay. told them I can't get in everything. We'll get in when we can. I'm ready. So they reached out. Some of them have read The Connector's Advantage. Some haven't. Some went to your website. And the biggest question, believe I got was, well, what about the introverts of the world? What about the shy people? Did Michelle come out? Wait, one woman said, did she come out of the womb just loving people? And then I even got one guy saying, I know I need to do this for my business, but I really don't like people. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I, I have, when I talk about authenticity, I've had people say, but I'm authentically a jerk. You know? <laughs> um, so I love this question. And I actually have a section in each of my books dedicated to the introverts. This one, it's called good news for the introvert. And this one, it's called the introverts edge. And um, I actually have found myself getting more and more introverted as I've gotten older. And I probably did come out of the womb a little like extreme, <laughs> And I married an introvert. And one of my children is absolutely an introvert. And, you know, they say opposites attract. I think opposites create balance. And so what I want the introverts of the world to know is that there is no one way that networking works, right? And first of all, I hate the word networking. I'd rather use the word connection. And introverts actually have some natural skills when it comes to connection. And recognize the skills that you bring to the table, leverage those skills to create situations, environments in which you are your best self to enable that connection. And if you're not sure what your skills are, I'm here to tell you. (laughs) First of all, introverts out there, you are excellent listeners. You come by this skill way more naturally than the loud ones over here. Uh, It's something I'm constantly working on, and you bring that easily. When you bring that easily, you actually are able to make somebody feel heard and listened to by asking those great follow-up questions. So you bring that natural curiosity, that probative follow-up. You don't make somebody feel like they're interrogated. 
you actually make somebody feel like you're interested. And that is a beautiful uh, foundation of connection. So um, you you don't make somebody feel off put. I have personally been told that sometimes I'm a bit much and people have physically moved away from me when I come on a little too strong. Introverts don't do that. And on top of all that, you are better in the one-on-one. So what if you don't want to work a room? So what if you can't, you know, handle a huge crowd at once? That's not where connection forms. Connection forms in the one-to-one. And that's where your skill is at its best. So understand all of those things and then Mm -hmm. find your format. Find your places in which connection is easier. I'm not telling you not to go to those big conferences because you know what? We all need to stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone. And those are great opportunities. I'm simply saying, give yourself a break. And if you need a little downtime to re-energize, go take it. If you want to give yourself a job there, like, you know, telling people where the coat room is or handing out ID tags, or then put yourself in a position where people have to come to you and you don't have to go to them. There's lots of tips and tricks for these introverts. Cracking up because I never thought of that hand out the coat check stuff because I do my, my husband, my son, both extreme introverts. And at parties, my husband bartends and everyone says, well, we could have hired you a bartender. We know bartenders. And I'm like, no. And somebody actually one time did that. And he sent her home because I never thought of that. People are coming to him. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you mentioned, you don't like the word networking. You like connector. I want you, I've read your stuff on this. I want you to dive a little bit more into the difference between networking and being a great connector. Um, it's funny. It happened because my brother-in-law walked into my office a few years back and he said, oh, write another book on networking. And I said, no, I'm writing a book about, you know, connection and being a connector. And he's like, well, what's the difference? And I looked at him and, you know, kind of my eyes bulged. And I'm like, well, that's a good question. You know, and I knew it in my gut and I had to stop there and think for a second. And I looked up at him and I said, networking is something you do, but a connector is who you are. And then I'm like, oh my God, I got to write that down. And that became the last line of the book. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, And so let me explain it a little bit further because we have associations with this word networking. And a lot of those associations kind of give us the heebie-jeebies, right? Like, like, mm, mm. it has the word work in it. Why would I want to do it? Right? Yeah. 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 Um, And it is, we tend to network for a purpose, for a need, for a a moment Mm -hmm. in time. And there's often an anxiety when we're thinking, okay, I need to get a new job. So therefore I need to go out and do this networking thing, or I need to land a big client, right? And, And so when we think about being a connector, a connector prioritizes relationships in everything that they do. In every interaction, the relationship comes first. And when we do that, the connections form more naturally. And then the asks are a lot easier. So when you are in life, in business, on the playground, at the line at the ladies, you are always in a position to be connecting. I mean, I I do at the supermarket. I hired somebody I met at the dog park. And so instead of thinking about it like, okay, I'm putting on my suit and I'm bringing my cards and I'm going to this event and networking, I want you to think about in every environment, you have an opportunity to connect with those around you and connect with the people that you want to connect with. And those relationships will grow organically instead of strategically. 
And a lot of people are like, oh, here's who's going to be the conference. I need to meet that person. Well, you know what? You don't know who that person is neighbors with. You don't know who that person is uh, married to. You don't know who that person went to camp with. And if you have a true connection that is connected to that person, it is going to be much more effective than going up, you know, cold and then feeling like the only reason you're talking to me is because you want something. There's so many things I want to ask you from there. But the biggest thing is I was talking to some of my well-meaning friends and colleagues and they said, Sandy, you have to ask Michelle this. So I love people. I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories. I'm the person that just goes to the grocery store and my I'm in there for an hour, right? But my friends who love me say, I'm not intentional for business. And I get tricked up by that. So backing up a little bit, we talked about it before. My whole entire life, I've owned and operated health clubs. So thousands of people are coming in to see me and new people. There was no, I have to go to a networking thing. These were all my people, everything I wanted. They knew me, they liked me, whatever. Then I sell them. And now I was like, you have to go to these networking events. And I have gone to some of them like, okay, stand up, you do this, you do that. And I get it, what's your ass, whatever. And all of a sudden my body goes like this, this doesn't feel natural. And I know you can be authentic and maybe more intentional And that's what I'm not sure about, because for me, I'm never thinking how many people I met. Is the person going to benefit me? If I want to talk to them, I talk to them. If I don't, I know there's, it's all just authentic. So they're like, we want you to ask Michelle. She'll have some advice. Okay. Uh, It is a great question. And I love the word intentional rather than strategic. Um, I do believe we need intention and there's seven mindsets of a connector. One of those mindsets is have a clear vision. If you want to get the connector's advantage, which is simply faster, easier, better results, whatever it is you're working on or toward, you're going to get there faster, easier, and better through your connections. That said, you need to know what it is you're working on or working towards. So having that clear vision is essential. Now, when they say intentional in your business, do you know what you're like? If if I asked you right now, what are you working on or what working towards? Why were you going to these events? What was the thing you were trying to accomplish? Do you have an answer? Well, most of it was because I realized I was going to have a breakdown unless I did something in person with humans. Like I I need to hold them, I need to hug them. So the biggest thing for me was in-person events. The second thing was to meet, I was, I'm very clear on what I want to do to meet the right people to do more of my keynote speaking that I was working on. So I'm very clear, but there's that disconnect for me in don't make it about you, Mm -hmm. about them, make it just all authentic. If the person's talking to you, whether it's going to get you anywhere. And then I could leave with 50 business cards and nothing. First of all, I love your nails. They're making me smile. Um, And I'm easily distracted. So I had to mention that. Okay. So great. You love the human interaction. You love listening. You love hearing stories. Yep. Love it. There's a couple of things you want to integrate into your conversations, right? So a conversation is a dance, right? And you don't want to be dancing alone. Right. Even if you're not touching the other person, right? When you're it doesn't have to be a slow dance. It can be a fast dance, but you're playing off somebody else's energy. Okay. And so as they're talking and telling their stories, 
you know, the dance is that there is a back and forth, a, you know, um, this, and this, especially for the introverts, right? When we think of the anatomy of a conversation, we start with a question, something curious, something to get us talking. Yeah. And then the introvert will probe, right? Where the introvert needs to stress, stress, uh, stretch their skills a little bit more mm-hmm. is in the share. Where the extrovert needs to stretch their skills is in the listen, right? In the ask. So the extrovert, instead of saying a me, 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 and let me tell you a story and let me tell you how that connects to me, they need to make sure that they're doing more taking information in. And the introvert needs to be doing more of putting information out. And so um, I talk about listen and share, listen and probe, and dancing between those two as you're in the conversation. And while you're in that conversation, looking for those points of commonality, similarity, association, common interests, common values, because that's what we start to connect on, common experiences, right? Yeah. And you seek your follow-up within that first conversation. So we want to make sure that we have a next point of contact. Whether it's advice on um, that trip you're taking or that article I mentioned and sending it to you, or even if it's just connecting on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're doing all of that within the dance. But part of that dance, as a connector, you are always looking for how can I add value? You said it. Focus on the other person. What can I do for them? Absolutely. I want you to be thinking. And I actually want you to even pose the question what are you working on? What are you focused on? How can I help? Yeah. Yeah. What that does is invites the person to ask you as well. Gotcha. Okay. And you need to have an answer. Now they won't always ask and that's okay. You might say, well, that sounds so exciting. Here's what I'm excited about. And yeah. Yeah. You have to actually be excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, these days my focus is on this and you know, Hey, if you ever come across anybody who's such and such, think of me. Yeah. Yeah. Now you don't have to be that overt or direct with it. Yes. Sometimes yeah. you just have to share your enthusiastic passion. Yeah. And somebody yeah. else will be like, oh, I know someone to connect you to. Or, you know, gotcha. you, or or pose it as advice. You know, um, you know, that's so interesting. You know, here's how I might be able to help, and here's somebody who might connect you to. Um, you know, it, it made me think about what what I've been focused on lately, which is this, and I'm so excited. And hey, any mm-hmm. advice for me? Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to sound and feel smart. <laughs> so ask some advice and see what they come up with. That's true. Oh, you know what? Don't forget I think your part in the conversation is, is my, my, my closing to all of that is, is yeah. make sure that by focusing on the other person, you are not making it a one-sided conversation. Yeah. You yeah. have to bring yourself back into it as well. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, that it was just, I didn't think about it. It was organic. If it happened, it didn't, but there's, it's okay to be intentional and go away telling about what you're excited about. Cause I'm very excited. Like if somebody asked me, I would be like, ah, right, whatever. So let me add one more thing to this though. Okay. Sorry. I I, I got more in here. Yeah. Um, well, go. You, you don't ask, uh, if you don't ask the answers, no. Oh, yeah. if, you, if you ask, you immediately increase your odds, right? And so I think I have a whole chapter in the book around how to ask and the different types of asks, because yeah. asking is hard. And I'm not telling you to ask the second you meet somebody, but literally today, I spent an hour with somebody yesterday. Um, he's part of the MG100 community. He wanted some help thinking through some things on his business. And at 30 minutes, he was like, I want to be respectful of your time. I'm like, you blocked an hour. You got an hour. Let's keep going. And he sent me an email today thanking me for my time and then saying, is there anything I can help you with? And 
you know, our inclinations be like, no, 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 I was doing it out of the goodness of my heart. And I was, I like the guy I was happy to yeah, help. Yeah. Yeah. But when somebody poses the question, I want you to stop for a moment and think, is there something they could help me with? And I thought to myself, you know what? I've been wanting to get on one of those thinkers 50 or global gurus list. And I've been nominated, but you know, maybe I need the right person to nominate me. And so I said, you know what? Um, thank you for asking. Acknowledge the 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 ask and, and say, you know what? When the time comes, I would love if you think I'm a fit. And there's the opt-out ask, right? If you think I'm a fit for a specific category, I would gotcha. love to be nominated. So it wasn't like, hey, please go give me a five-star review on Amazon. It is, hey, if you liked the book, an honest review is really appreciated, right? Hey, if you think I'm a fit for any of those categories, I would welcome a nomination. Yeah. And ask, 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 ask. So a couple things. And I was going through a lot of the questions, which you started answering here, which is how many times do you reach out? How many times do you get back to them? When is it too much? And I told you I went to a road public speaking, this keynote speaking course. It was intense for a year. And the guy that you know, Michael Poor, said to us, okay, before you put the big thing on the stage, I want you to go out and reach out to eight people and do it. Paid or unpaid, go for it, right? Eight people. I do it. Somebody gives me assignment. I go do it. I get eight people. And so I stand up in the course and they're like, Sandy, how did you get eight people? And I said, well, I just, I'm relentless. Like I'll keep emailing and emailing because I just assume they're busy or they didn't see it until they say, leave me the heck alone, which has only happened once in my lifetime. I think not now, maybe. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I go, I just keep asking because I assume I'm going to be really great. They're going to be happy. They just got so busy and I just keep going. And go- and then I call and I call. And he started laughing. He goes, I don't know if that many people could do that because that's really putting yourself out there to the extreme. And I thought, what are you talking about? If they say no, so they say no. But yes, and too much. I, right. I don't know. I got eight gigs. So you you got your eight gigs, it worked for you. And that approach is not going to work for everyone. And honestly, it wouldn't work for me. And that's why, and I saw you you catch it in, in the meeting chat. I yeah. put up a, um, a, a newsletter post in there called How to Reach Out When It's Been Too Long that answers some of the questions that you referenced. So I wanted them to have that. Um, I am somebody who um, thinks about how I'd feel. And I had somebody once upon meeting me still shaking my hand for the first time who asked me for a favor. It really turned me off. Yeah. However, I said, and I think to myself, instead of what I can't do, what can I do? Mm. And so I said, well, why don't we get to know each other first? And, and then, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there. And so we set up time to get to know each other. And at the end of that call uh, or meeting back then, it was in person it, <laughs> back then, I was still a little put off. And I said, so I've never seen your work, so I can't attest to your work and I can't recommend your work, but here's what I can do. 
I can reach out to my contact, let them know that you used to work with them and that you'd like to reconnect. Would that work for you? I wasn't putting my name to them, but I was, but I, I said, this is what I'm comfortable doing. I did it. She got reconnected. She got work. She credited me years later. I put a net call out to my network. I need some activities for this thing I'm doing. She showed up in person with a stack of things the end of that same day and said, here, I can help. So sometimes we do things and we have, you know, a prioritization of relationship, thinking of a generous spirit, another one of the mindsets, right. And thinking about, but not doing something you're not comfortable with now for, for introverts and extroverts alike, that, um, you know, consistent, you know, ask, ask, ask is not comfortable, right? Because, because we probably wouldn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we assume that people wouldn't like things we wouldn't like. There are some techniques in the book that will give you some even phrasing of how to do it. You can say, you know, Hey, I don't know if this got lost in your inbox, or I just realized I never heard back from you on this, or, you know, I was having some trouble with my email and I wanted to make sure this made it through. Could you just confirm you got it? But I would spread those out. (laughs) Right. The other thing I would say is, hey, if this is not a fit, just let me know and I won't bother you. Give them a way to opt out of the intensity. Absolutely. And you probably did all of those things. I did. I did. Yeah. But here, but at the end of the day, you don't get what you don't ask for. Find the way to ask that works for you. And, you know, my mom will say after three, give up, you know, (laughs) and move on. And if that's your comfort level, then that's your comfort level. You'll just have to ask more than eight people. And that's fine. Yeah, I like that. And I was thinking the difference between when you reach out to someone via email versus the difference between the ask in person, you know, because like you were saying, the person was shaking your hand and asking for a favor. I don't think I've ever... I would, first of all, I would never want that done to me. So I would never do that. Like I would want to, but good for you for saying, okay, maybe let me see like I, what I can do, what I can feel comfortable doing and it ended up working out. So I want to get into, because I got hit hard with people are networking more. They are back in person. And what they want to know is, you know, every time they go to one of these things, there's always many times stand up and what's your ask or make sure you reach X amount of people. And how do you feel about that? Like some events say, make sure you connect with five people, make sure you connect with six, make sure you you do this and that. How do you feel about that? Eh? Um, the, there's two questions here. One is, um, what's your ask? Yeah. And I think there's something nice about a structured environment in which it makes it very easy for you to share your ask. And as I said, I believe people should always have a clear vision of what they're working on. Their ask doesn't have to be. So there's something I talk about in the ask called the Mm non-ask. And that means that we don't have something specific that we want, but we might talk about a goal that we have. Yeah. So I might not say, hey, my ask is that you review my book on Amazon. Instead, um, I might say, you know, one of my goals is to hit a hundred reviews on Amazon or increase my exposure or become a bestseller. Oh. And then let them come up with how they could help. 
right? So it is, it could be advice, it could be action, um, but it is, you know, here's my vision, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Hey, I'm yeah. Sandy, and you know, I want to be on more stages because I want to spread the word of my mission of getting this content and this belief and this idea out there. And wouldn't the world be a better place if we did? Mm. And so I don't have a specific ask, but I invite any ideas and advice. Ooh, I love that. I right. Love that. So I want you to have at least that when you're going to one of those environments. So I don't mind those. Um, they are a little contrived, but you know what? Sometimes it's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now when it comes to meet five people, meet seven people, get this many business cards. eh, Um, when I used to go to these live events and I haven't been to any in a really long time, most of us haven't, um, this was my success. One, one relationship that I really wanted to continue to pursue. If I went to an event and I developed truly one connection, that was worthwhile. And sometimes I would say, once I found that connection, I could go, I could be done. And and so that was my success measure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, you can have your own, but it is not an, it is not a numbers game. It is a connection game. And I can think about certain relationships and I'm like, oh, that was the Columbia Women Business 2012. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I met yeah. her, right? Um, so, so I yeah. used to have I used to have a graveyard of business cards somewhere over COVID. I put them all in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't gotten to them in a couple of years. Okay, yeah. So, so do you think? I mean, I feel that since COVID, more people seem to want to help others. And I don't know if it's just because it's my imagination or it's more virtual and it's easier or it's the world I'm in, but do you think there's anything the truth to is, that? I think, I think people always have wanted to help other people. I think it is okay. human nature to want to help. Um, you know, perhaps everyone's struggling a little bit with how to connect in this hybrid environment mm. and this, and, and not being in person. And so um, perhaps everyone kind of feeling like they're on the same playing field makes it feel a little more accessible, but that's just a hypothesis. I have no data to support it. (laughs) (laughs) And so you were talking about, you haven't been, you know, like most people anywhere in person. So as far as your connections, then how do you like doing the virtual? I've always been on zoom. It was no, not new to me. Um, what's yeah. new is that I have less resistance to video than I used to, right? Ah. Um, now it's shocking when I'm like, oh, I'm on a phone, but I don't, I don't see your face. Um, but I, you know, I do tons of podcasts and radio shows and, you know, you're, you're only on ear a lot on the radio. And so I would go to the website of the radio station, find the DJ or the, the host, and I'd have their picture in front of me. So I could feel like I'm talking to them. Um, I'm actually doing a a, a keynote um, around intentional connection in a hybrid world. And that's why I really picked up on that word you used earlier of intentional, because I think we can be intentional in finding ways to more purposefully connect when it's not happening as organically because we're not in the same space. Mm. Yeah, somebody said to me the other day, 
we were talking about routines and how you show up in the world and what do you do in the morning to prepare your head? And that's a big deal to me. And they said, Sandy, you might want to call it a routine, but for me, I relate more that I'm intentional on how I show up every day in the world versus, yes, I do this routine to get into it, but I think about it. And so I don't, I get it. I get the difference of it. Here's the routine I do, but I'm also being intentional in before I go out into the world, this is what I want to do. So when you go and do any type of event, are you intentional? Like, do you even think beforehand, this is how I want to show up? Do you spend any time with that? Or you've been just doing it for so long that it just is innate? Um, it's, it's funny you say that. I actually do a talk called You the Brand. And um, one that's just for women called Claim Your Power. Uh, you the Brand is for any, uh, and I also do Leadership Brand. And I had gotten really, really clear on what my brand is. I have an exercise called your three words and in your show notes, you have a link to my free gifts within that three gifts is this three words exercise. Okay. It's a branding exercise. And the idea is, you know, what do people say about you when you leave the room and is it what you want them to say? And how do you figure out what you want your words to be and what your current words are in bridging that gap? I've done this in front of audiences. I put myself out there and I let people tell me exactly what they think of me. And then I reveal what I want them to think. And I'm not telling you what those words are, but I will tell you that 100% of the time that I've done this, and I've done this thousands of times, I get at least two of my three words. And over no. 90% of the time, I get all three. And, and so when you say, do I think about it in advance? I, I did, but I got very clear years and years and years ago on how I wanted to be seen, how I wanted to show up. And what is interesting is that people say to me, you know, when I come off the stage, they're like, you're the same on the stage as you are off the stage. To the point where my kids tell me that I, um, I'm a little overly animated when I talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, mom, sometimes you talk to us like we're clients. And I'm yeah. like, this is just how I talk. This is who I am all the yeah. time, guys. You know? Um, and, and so that's that authenticity and being clear who you are, but also understanding yeah. that we all have unique charms. Um, when I talk about the mindset of being open and accepting, I'm not just talking about being open and accepting to other people. I'm talking about being open and accepting of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And recognizing that some of the, the things that are very core to who I am, you know, my, my talkative nature um, doesn't work for everybody. And that sometimes I need to tone it down and flex to enable yeah. somebody to, to connect with me because it is too much. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I've been there so many times. They're like, whoa, take a Valium. <laughs> like, Because it was yeah. too much difference in the energy. All right. Uh, we're running out of time and I have to get this in. <laughs> this is from a guy. And he lives in London and we'll call him Billy Bob. Billy Bob wants to know, can you really increase your likability? There's just some people. And he is a CEO of a company and he's very much into doing workshops for different people and people skills and making sure you're a wonderful 
uh, connector, but I had him look at your stuff because do you really think it's possible? Um, well, yes, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I don't, I didn't actually want to start with the answer. Yes. Right. What I really want to start with is a recognition that we are all likable, but what you find likable about me is not the same thing that somebody else will find likable about me. Yeah. And so, although we can't make anybody like us, I'm very clear that you cannot make anybody like you, but what you can do is enable them to see what is likable about you. And when we talk about likable leadership, which I call connected leadership or relationship driven Mm -hmm. leadership, there's really only two things you need to do. And Billy Bob, I want you to try this and see if you get different responses over the next few weeks of just doing these two things. First, show people you care about them as people. Second, show people you care about the things they care about. But you have to actually care about the things they care about. Find the things that they care about that you also care about. If you don't care about the sick cat, don't pretend. (laughs) Right? We We see through that inauthenticity. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you don't have to care about the soccer game. Um, but you can care about, you know, um the fact that they are happy that they got to go and have that flexibility in the job. And you can show your caring by enabling that flexibility in time rather than asking how the soccer game went. So those two elements are yeah. the foundation of connected leadership. And when you are connected to your people, you are a CEO of an organization you are going to see people are more productive when they have close work relationships. This is actually one of the engagement questions from the Gallup study on engagement. Um, Do you have a best friend at work is one of their 12 questions. So when you have close work relationships, it boosts productivity by 50% and predicts happiness on the job. When you have an engaged workforce, you have a productive workforce. When you have a productive workforce, it goes straight to your bottom line. And the way in which people engage is the belief that leadership cares about them. Mm. It's all connected. So yes, by thinking about the elements that go into what forms connection by embodying the seven mindsets of a connector. And we hit a lot of them today. Yeah, we did. Um, And I can, I can, well, I was going to hold up a little thing and give you the rest of them, but I can, I can, tell you the seven off the top of my head. Um, When you infuse these things, when you put relationships first, you will see the difference in your connections. Mm. I never thought I was likable. Really? Yeah. What do you think I started working on this stuff? (laughs) I was definitely one of those kids in high school that they loved me or they hated me. And I'm like, but I'm me. Why? What's the difference? Right? So seven minds is a connector because I know we're about to wrap up and I said I would give you the list. Um, Connectors are open and accepting. They have a clear vision. They trust. They come from a place of abundance. They are social and curious. They are conscientious and they have a generous spirit. Mm. I love that. Oh, Michelle, people, you're going to have to reach out to her because I I didn't get to, uh, well, most of them, but we got (laughs) to make ones. I've really had a blast and I've learned so much and I'm taking notes and I'm going to reach out later. I mean, this is just to me, which I know it will be to the viewers and listeners. It's been very eye-opening, you know, and enlightening. It gave me a whole different way of looking at connection. So 
I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm so happy that you are doing this for the world. I really am. It just makes me so grateful. But before we go, how can they find you and how can they reach you? We will put it on all the show notes, but what's going on, woman? (laughs) Well, thank you for enabling me to get this message out to the world, because I really do believe that we will be living in a better society when we are more connected. Um, And I love connecting with people. The best place to start is my website, which is Michelle with two L's, Tillis, T-I-L-L-I-S, Letterman, L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N.com. From there, you can find all the other places. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's a great place to follow me. I have a LinkedIn newsletter. I have a YouTube channel. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I'm on all those places. But LinkedIn LinkedIn is probably a sweet spot, Um, a place of connection. And um, if you like these little um, snippets of advice, check out the Success Shorties playlist on my YouTube channel. I do like the... They can't tell I'm four foot 10. It's a play on my height. Um, I do these short little videos to give some, some tips and tricks on, on all of these topics. And I welcome you to reach out to me and let me know how I can help you bring this to your organization. Wait, did you tell me also there was something going on, some big event at Lehigh? Uh, yeah, there's two actually. I'm on their keynote for their women in business, but I do my signature course called Connected Leadership, which we've been talking about. It's going to be on March 30th of 2023 at Lehigh. And in the show notes, um, we will have a link if you want to register and join me in person. Cool beans. All right, my let's keep it real people. You're going to want to share this, like it, rate it. You know you do. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.